we've learned anything from these past couple of years, my fellow Americans, is that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis. America Out Loud Pulse brings together the top experts in healthcare-related fields to keep you a beat ahead. Hello, this is Dr. Peter Bregan. Uh, today I have a cold. That's all it is, folks. Nothing else going on, but it is definitely influencing my voice. And you are listening to Peter and Ginger Bregan. Hi, folks. And this is America Out Loud Pulse. By the way, I'm making him take a lot of vitamin C. Well, she makes me do a lot of, oh, banging my elbow here. We, she makes me do a, a lot of things and is, in fact, saves me on a daily basis from myself and has been doing that for 40 amazing years. We have today uh, interviewing Catherine Watt. That's Catherine with a K and Watt, W-A-T-T. Um, we first began really hearing about Catherine, and I was beginning to look at her amazing work uh, back in um, a April, March, April, May, and June of this year. Oh, early 2023, yes. And uh, Catherine's an independent investigative writer and reporter. She is uh, one of those people who's trained to do a lot of the work that lawyers can't or don't want to do. She's a paralegal. And um, she has been working really hard on a very special approach to what's going on with our vaccines today. And uh, I think I'm just going to to go uh, right away to Catherine and say, you know, let's start out and, and explain as you were just explaining to me and Ginger where you're going with your thinking about how to approach what you describe as an essentially uh, well, uh, let me read. Actually, let me read something to the folks, and then I'll I'll give it to Catherine. This is in her latest uh, Substack uh, report. All FDA activity that appeared to be license related, pertaining to all biological products, which includes the vaccines, folks, manufactured since May two thousand nineteen, has been fraudulent, performative charade, pretextual, and any other word or phrase that means not real, not substantive, not legally relevant. Welcome to the Pulse, Catherine. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Um, you wanted me to just do an overview of what? I'd like you to go to the heart of it. Um, okay. This fraudulent activity in the FDA and um, how it's all a charade, how it relates to, uh, well, you know, well, I, so just, and, and how you're looking at using the law, trying to get somebody to use the law in this regard. So the, the heart of it, in my view, is that what's being presented as a public health emergency and as a, um, pharmaceutical products is actually not either of those things, it's really a constitutional crisis. And it's been a constitutional crisis since long before it sort of emerged on the scene in the beginning of 2020, because the constitutional crisis is based in changes in US law that make it possible for the federal government to carry out 
biological attacks on the population through the states, through biological products like vaccines, and through emergency conditions and emergency orders like the ones that came out during COVID. Um, because really what they're trying to do is injure and kill a lot of people here and around the world without getting caught, without getting stopped, without people seeing that that's what it is. And what their overarching goal is to do is to concentrate power first in the federal executive branch in the United States and then pass it over to the United Nations, the World Health Organization, and whatever successor globalist organizations and institutions they develop. So that's that's how I look at what has happened and the lesson I have taken from the research that I've done and the things that I've found. Now, folks, when I first started getting a glimmer of what Catherine's talking about, Ginger and I were working on our book, COVID-19 and the Global Predators, We Are the Prey. And when I began coming to a similar conclusion to Catherine, I don't know, and Ginger, who was uh, always a bit ahead of me in getting outside the box, we were starting to look at this. We didn't believe it. We could not believe what we were saying. So I want to take a deep breath here and uh, I'll tell you what, Catherine uh, Watt who, uh, is, not, is nodding, that she's in sync with this. Yeah. It was unbelievable. So if you're tuning into this show and maybe you're one of those people who really uh, is not an insider to the kinds of things we talk about, you might be tempted to just shut it off because you've actually just hear, heard one of the best summaries I've ever heard of what's going on in the United States of America and in the world. And there have been many books about it now. Uh, ours was the deepest and first dive, and again, and you can get it on Amazon. You can get it on We Are the Prey from us, wearetheprey.com. Um, Bobby Kennedy's written a book about it. Um, there, there are numerous good books, the real Anthony Fauci's, Bobby Kennedy's book. And what we're looking at is something so unbelievable. It sounds metaphysical. It sounds like a, a nightmare. It sounds like some end of the world scenario by a crazy person. But in fact, it is what is going on now. Um Going way back, I mean, just not even way back, going back to the League of Nations, when we had this uh, progressive Wilson as our president. And that's, it goes much further back than that. And he tried to force a League of Nations on our country, and the Senate rejected it. Going that far back, there has been a very organized, active public campaign to develop a global governance by elites. And those elites, are they're a complex uh, group. Many, many groups have been created along the way. It's not conspiratorial. Many groups have been created along the way to promote this idea. And it is supported by the UN, by the World Health Organization. They're very globalist. They think they're going to be in charge. They're not going to be. It's supported by billionaires. It's supported by the banking industry, it's supported by the Chinese communist government. And that's how you get these people working together, even though they will uh, be all eaten alive by the Chinese if this just goes to the bitter end. 
And we are the last bastion, the United States of America, as it once was, as we're trying to revitalize it as the last bastion. And what Catherine Watt is talking about so powerfully, and then I'm going to be quiet again, is how they have destroyed our constitutional powers that would have fought off a direct attack on us. And indeed, we are having a direct attack. It is just hard to say, hard to grasp if you haven't heard it before. Catherine, pick up wherever you want on this, please. Um, well, one thing I would say is that a lot of it is deception-based. The Constitution is still there, and the geopolitical authority of the people and the states and the Congress and the courts are still there, but they have been, the people who actually could use those mechanisms have been deceived into thinking that they don't have the power that is still sitting there. Because as I would agree with what you said about the metaphysical aspect of things and the Satan's most useful method of getting control over people is to deceive them into thinking that things that are good are evil and thinking that things that are evil are good and not understanding the right relationship between the human being and God. And so that that's the, the thing I would emphasize is that it's a deception process. And because I look at it that way, there is an opening every time people find the courage to actually look at what's happening and actually think it through and actually take steps to respond with their own power. There's, there's ways to punch holes in it and there's ways to weaken the power that the, the deceivers want us to think that they have and recognize that they don't actually have that power. They're pretending. They're pretending through fake laws. They're pretending through fake regulatory processes. They're pretending through propaganda campaigns to make people scared about fake pandemics. Um, the whole the whole thing is a, a big mask over reality that can be pulled away. And many of us are pulling away <clears throat> that reality, opening up the reality. And uh, I hope that this can be a really eye-opening presentation for many people. <clears throat> Catherine, um, and excuse me, folks, for clearing my throat a little bit. It's really bad form on our beautiful radio show, but uh, we may have to put up with it a little bit. Um, talk about the law in the land, which people believe is still um, going on. They still believe there's an FDA that is, in fact, and a CDC that are, in fact, legally monitoring the vaccines and that what we're saying, which is the so-called vaccines, so vaccines they really mRNA platforms, technologies injected into us whose effects are broad, widespread, unpredictable, but known to have been lethal. We proved that. And, uh, in fact, the reports to the uh, there's reporting system that is monitored by both the CDC and the FDA show we've got reports of at least 20,000 just from the U.S. of deaths from these platforms being injected. And we know from research that the best estimate 
of how many actual deaths occur for everyone reported is approximately a 100 to 1, which would mean we have 20, we have 2 million reported actual, they represent 2 million actual deaths. And um, I make a really strong argument for that in our book. So we're looking at a catastrophe. We're looking at an assault. And you know, Catherine, pick up on the law that you've been the, probably the, the most detailed person in looking at and how they just rewrote into it, hey, the FDA is doing nothing right now and, and, and is permitted and encouraged to do nothing. How the charade, this huge charade. Um. Well, one thing I would say is we don't actually know what's in any of the injections because the way that the laws were rewritten, they never had to disclose the ingredients and they never had to allow independent testing to confirm whatever they wanted to claim was in the ingredients. So I think some of the studies that have been done trying to like reverse engineer it and examine it from people who diverted product out of the, the military supply chain and investigated Yes, there are mRNA components, there are LNP components, there are lots of other components that we don't actually know, and there is no standardization um, among them. Um, and I would also say that it's not that the FDA is doing nothing. The FDA is an active complicitor in the performance that's being done. And without their participation, it would not have been able to move forward because they had to be there pretending that there is a regulatory structure that applies to these process and pretending that they were applying it so that people would think that the products were regulated and take them. If they had not been involved at all, if Pfizer had just come out by itself and said, we've made this thing, we're not going to tell you what's in it. We want you to take it. It's free. People would not have done it in the way that they did because the FDA was involved in the the fraudulent way that it was involved. So it's a joint project, joint deception project between military leaders, FDA leaders, CDC leaders, and corporate Pfizer, Moderna, J&J, all of the other subcontractors and contractors that have produced components of countermeasures or actual countermeasures. And Sasha Ladipova is somebody that I work with a lot because our two analyses go together in the sense that she has a, a strong, long background in regulatory procedures and product development, just like Mike Eden is another person whose work dovetails with mine and hers. Um, and so when she was looking at it early on, she was trying to figure out why the regulatory Things that were apparently being done did not match her own experience with how it should look. Brooke Jackson is another one who couldn't understand why the clinical trials process didn't look like it was supposed to look because she had experience in what that was supposed to be. Um, and I had experience with what legal, um, legal challenges were supposed to look like and how you're supposed to be able to get to the point where you can present evidence to a court and you can have a, a confrontational adversarial process to figure out what's true and what's false. And that process was cut off at the knees every time it started. Um, 
And the, the basic finding is that, yes, the laws, the PREP Act, especially in 2005, and the Project BioShield Act in 2004, and then all of the implementing regulations for those programs, the things that came before, the things that came after, have made it so that what the FDA is doing is just pretending, and it's just pretending to get people to take poison thinking that it's medicine. The FDA really provides cover. Uh, they, they play a very important role, I think, because they provide complete cover for this assault on the military, the administrative and the civilian populations of the United States and other countries, because so many countries follow the lead of the United States in regards to uh, regulating medicines Catherine, I want to thank you for the exactitude with which you speak. And I even appreciate your sharpening some of the things that I've been saying. Um, it's a, such an important gift that you're giving to the world, that you're analyzing this data. We have at this point uh, just a minute left to the first segment. Um, Catherine, uh, in that minute, just tell people how to get in touch with you, and we'll repeat how to get in touch with you a few times. Uh, I post all of my work at Substack. My Substack is called Bailiwick News, B-A-I-L-I-W-I-C-K News, N-E-W-S dot Substack dot com. Um, I have a Rumble channel, but I don't put very much stuff there, and I'm not on any other social media. Okay. When we come back, uh, Catherine, let's go through some of the laws uh, that you point out where it actually says that um, the uh, that nothing that's going on basically at the FDA shall be constituted to mean that the drug has been actually approved or that the biologic has been actually approved by any formal process that would lead to the official label being placed on the uh, biologic to indicate that it's been approved. All right, we'll be right back, folks. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Welcome back to America Out Loud. The Pulse, A Pulse Ahead is the motto, I believe. And this is Peter Bregan, horse from a cold, but otherwise full of energy. And Ginger Bregan, who is just shining next to me, um, as if God said, and 
I take mercy on you. Oh my gosh, Peter. <laughs> oh, thank you, dear. <laughs> All right, well, he has struck me dumb with that comment, so I'm going to let my husband carry on with this interview. No. Well, at that time, that brought so much spirituality into the room that our Sheltie addressed the matter with a sharp bark just now. And uh, I understand that uh, Catherine may have a dog lurking. Apparently, the dog didn't hear our barking dog and bark in return. No, uh, my dog is very old and he can't hear very well. So, Well, ours is still middle-aged and frisky. <laughs> Catherine, hone in on what I just vaguely tried to talk about with your laser mind. So, so you, I think you asked about what are the laws that made it so that the fakery can happen or is actually required to happen. Um, there are two. One of them I found relatively early, a couple of years ago. That's 21 U.S. Code 360-BBB-3K. And that's the one that says use of EUA products shall not constitute clinical investigation. And so that's that's the law that basically said under these specific conditions of public health emergencies, which are declared by the HHS secretary unilaterally, they're not reviewable, they're not reversible by anyone other than the HHS secretary, to the extent that states and courts defer to these illegal laws. Um, once those conditions are in place, the use of the product doesn't require informed consent. It doesn't involve real institutional review boards. There are no real um, review procedures at the FDA. Everything they do is just a pretense because the use is really for this other purpose, which is to injure and kill people without people finding out or without people stopping it um, and without people being held criminally or civilly liable. And that's the piece that came in with the PREP Act in 2000. Five. Um, and then the other one that I found much more recently um, relates more to the biological product licenses, biologics license applications called BLA. And that program dates back to some major revisions. It started in 1944 with the whole Public Health Service Act. There were some major revisions in 1973. And then just before they were about to launch this covert attack using biological products that are unregulated, regulated, that are actually poisons, but calling them medicines, through the Federal Register, making revisions to regulations that are related to 42 U.S. Code 262, which is the biological products section, uh, they set it up so that there would be no specific time intervals for inspections of production facilities making biological products. There would be no specific enumerated duties for inspectors to visit the plants, take samples of the products, test the samples, apply regulatory enforcement actions. And so that, that piece is a piece that becomes more relevant when you look at the things that other people talk about as far as FDA did license Comir Nutty in August of 2021. Actually, they did not because that whole biologics 
license application or BLA process was corrupted just as the emergency use authorized program was corrupted. They're, they're written to make it possible to market and use poisons, calling them medicines. Explain that reference to, um, which I didn't quite get, Comir? Community. Com I don't oh, know. Oh, the yeah. Okay. Yeah, I haven't looked into that a whole lot because because of my understanding of how the not only the Prep Act and the um, the public health service piece, but also the Defense Production Act were inserted into this to make this whole process fake. Other people have looked at the BLA application paperwork a lot closer than I have. Um, and the conclusion that I still maintain is that that paperwork is faked. There have been no clinical trials. There have been no valid FDA review procedures. There have been no valid independent testing of the products for their quality, for their non-adulteration, for their purity, for their labeling accuracy, for anything. Um, so I don't know if that answers the question because I can't talk in great detail about, about it other than that, once you realize it's a fake, you can look at the papers and you can know that these are just props. They're theatrical props. They don't have a legal meaning and their um, political meaning is just, as Ginger said, to, to provide cover so that people don't know that what they're getting is poison and don't put up the fight that they would put up if they did know that what they're getting is poison. Now, the Department of Defense... Um, has this, you'll remember the term, I think, better than I, this special acquisition process that was intended originally for unique and unusual circumstances. <clears throat> and that's, yeah. been, that's been used for their acquiring of, uh, buying of billions of dollars of, vac of these pseudo-vaccines, the, uh, can you tell us more about that? Uh, yeah, it's it's called Other Transaction Authority. Yeah, there you go. OTA. Um, it applies to several different agencies. HHS is only one of the agencies that can use it. And the bottom line for OTA contracts is that it takes them out of normal um, financial oversight functions of Congress, and it takes them out of normal contract law provisions, which the Defense Production Act also has provisions that take it out of normal contract law um, applicability and also out of antitrust law applicability. And that's another thing where I haven't looked into it a lot, but there is a, a very good argument to be made that what is happening is similar to trusts that the antitrust laws were put in place to stop in the sense that multiple high or very large corporations in cooperation with the government are controlling the market and controlling the um, anti-competitive kind of situations so that they can work together to smoothly get this product out without any interference from e either like other competitors who might be like wanting to analyze the product and say, this is not a good product, Therefore, we're going to come up with another product. Um, so there are many, many different 
legal mechanisms that they're using to control the narrative and to control the production and distribution and use of these poisons. And the other transaction authority is is one of those mechanisms, but it's not the only one. This is getting a little um, abstruse, maybe, but not too much. Um, I originally, most of us originally thought that BARDA, B-A-R-D-A, uh, was the federal agency uh, under Rick, um, Bright. Rick, Bright. Rick, Rick Bright. That's the agency that stopped Trump from distributing uh, millions of doses of hydroxychloroquine. He ordered them to be released, which would have stopped the uh, so-called pandemic because it's a very excellent treatment and if given to the uh, older people when they were first getting sick, uh, hardly anybody would have even died. Um, it would, would have been even more mild than the flu. It would have been a non totally non-existent uh, in its uh, lethality. And he stopped the president and the president was unable or unwilling to go around that. We thought that that's what was mainly authorized by Congress to be funding these biologics uh, in emergencies. Um, but it turns out now more and more that it looks like the Defense Department was really the central agency of the government that was really marshalling, putting together, managing, and still is this whole episode of uh, distributing these poisons. Um, does that uh, ring true for you? Um, the main, uh, Sasha and I have both tried to figure out a bit where the coordination happens because it is a, it's clearly a joint project and the two primary, primary agencies are the Health and Human Services and the Department of Defense, along with the Department of Homeland Security, because one of the ways that they kind of smuggled the whole program through is to make the claim that it's a national defense issue, that there are big, scary, dangerous pathogens in the world that can kill a lot of people and get out of control, and therefore you need a biodefense industry and a biodefense strategy, and it needs to be federally directed and it needs to be federally funded because companies won't do it on their own. They won't develop these, these products on their own. All of that is a lie, as Sasha talks about and I talk about, because of the way that human biology works and pathogens and immune systems. If there, if it were possible for a new pathogen to suddenly wipe out most of the world, it would have happened already. But because immune systems are set up the way they are, if it's very communicable, it's not very deadly. And if it's very deadly, it's not very communicable. And this is part of the beauty of how God has set up this world. Um, but the, the organization that we think, or I think, I think she agrees with this, is called the Public Health Emergencies Medical Countermeasures Enterprise. And it's a similar structure to Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and other government-sponsored enterprises in that it's partly private and it's partly public. And the people who sit on it are people like the HHS secretary, the defense secretary, secretary of the Veterans Administration, 
Uh, I think there's a representation from Secretary of State. There's people there from NIH, from CDC. Fauci was on it. Fauci, I think, was probably the person who coordinated the meetings of it. And their function is to keep all of the different agencies aligned. Probably their function is also to silo information so that people, it's harder for lower level people to put the pieces together and to distribute the money, to aggregate the money from Congress and from private sources, and then to distribute it out to the weapons manufacturers that they want to hire to produce the weapons. So that, that organization is called the Public Health Emergencies Medical Countermeasures Enterprise. And it was, they set it up by themselves, sort of and at the same time that BARDA was being set up. And then Congress went ahead and passed a law saying, sure, this can exist and we will put it into the statutes. So amazing. It's really Byzantine. It's it's really uh, such a complicated structure involved uh, in uh, and and deliberately, clearly deliberately put together in a way to make investigating it and untangling the relationships virtually impossible. So it provides the the, the whole complicated mass of these interconnections really is another part of the cover for the the theft of freedom, uh, individual liberties of the citizens of the United States and other countries. Yeah. And also theft of property, like because of the way that it was set up to shut down small businesses and throw people out of work. And um, it, it's the theft of theft of stuff and theft of, of liberty. Um, well, and the theft, it, 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 it's such a boondoggle financially in terms of the amount of taxpayer money that's been transferred around and into other hands, including uh, a number of these private enterprises that are involved in this um, plot. So there's the theft of taxpayer money, there's the theft of private property, and private of uh, small, especially the small businesses, as you say, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, citizens' liberties everywhere, as well as if you can think of it this way, the theft of our health overall, individually and collectively in this country, with the way that uh, healthcare is being managed, and especially uh, with the assaults by the so called vaccines that are really uh, poisons. You're describing, um, Catherine Watt, the um, public-private partnerships that are involved here. And we see there's apparently just so many places where the U.S. government is doing this. And this is at the heart of another assault on the country that it's a part of all of this globalism, which is the the concept of um, the World Economic Forum, that it wants to develop all these public-private, that's Klaus Schwab's group, uh, partnerships. Because in them, through them, uh, you get a kind of uh, closest to the model, I guess would be fascism, which is where the government is essentially working with, but also under the control of the great wealth that's outside the government. 
So you have these two sources of wealth. You have the public, which is um, the um, money collected from from the public through taxes. And um, and then they also generate, the government's generating more and more money from these schemes that you're describing. And it goes into government coffers to be used in a powerful way and uh, redistributed. And then you've got it all coming in from the corporate um, NIH Active is another one of these where we have sitting at the table all the people you mentioned for that organization. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert Malone, by the way, people know that he has been suing us for $25 million and is, he's re- recently been thrown out of court by the judge just to catch people up on that on the grounds that the suit was brought in the wrong state, but it's uh, deeper than that because the judge has already threatened separately to declare Malone's suit against us to be frivolous. And now he's given notice to Malone to explain why he shouldn't have to pay our costs. That's where the case is right now. Um, But uh, Malone is still sits apparently on that from his last resume on active. Um, in the group you mentioned, you mentioned all these various government agencies and coordinated by Fauci. Do you know of him uh, who the uh, private partnerships were sitting there? Was Bill Gates on it? He's on active. I don't know who the private like individuals were. What? I think we have to take a break right now. Oh, yeah, we do need. We do. Okay, we'll take a break right now. We'll come back and. Change in the world one person at a time. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Clean, pure, with premium ingredients, Global Healing's Pure Plant Protein offers 20 grams of protein per scoop, and it's a perfect way to maintain and build lean muscle while indulging yourself. It combines enzymes and probiotics to maximize nutrient absorption, improving digestion, and your gut health. Available in vanilla and chocolate flavors, elevate your protein consumption while supporting your overall wellness with pure plant protein. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD for 25% off. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray 
with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. Returning to Catherine Watt, this is Peter Bregan and Ginger Bregan interviewing her from America Out Loud Pulse. Uh, we're live at uh, 5 p.m. every Thursdays on AmericaOutloud.news. And then it goes out on innumerable other platforms under the auspices of Marvelous Malcolm, who runs America Out Loud. So, Catherine, um, going back to this this organization that I have no knowledge about, I didn't until you came on, this is wonderful, about the central organizations within DOD that are... um, involved in coordinating a lot of this and you mentioned the name of it I'd love you to repeat that and do you know of any of the who the public partners are is the public health emergencies medical countermeasures enterprise um i don't know the names of individual private corporate representatives who might be on there but the main coordinating sort of middleman organization is the Medical CBRN Defense Consortium. That's the MCDC and CBRN stands for Chemical, Biological, Radiological, and Nuclear. So that consortium is a group of, I think, roughly 300 at this point, um, private companies like Pfizer and other pharmaceutical and weapons contractors, and also university research departments. Um, And they are kind of managed by another company called ATI, which is Advanced Technologies International, I think, or maybe, I can't remember what the I is for, but it's ATI. They're based in South Carolina. They are the counterparty on the Pfizer contracts, the Moderna contracts, almost all of the... um, I shouldn't say almost all, many of the countermeasures contracts, ATI is the counterparty that stands between the Department of Defense and the private corporations, because what they do is manage the contracts. That's that's their function as like a third party contract management organization. And as far as I can tell, ATI coordinates with the MCDC so that the organizations that get to bid on or apply for the money pots to to make these weapons go through the MCDC. They sign up, they get to be a member of the consortium, and then they get the request for proposals sent out through ATI to them. And then they send back their proposal for what they're going to do. And ATI works with the military to choose the contractors that are going to get each contract. Wow. You have encyclopedic knowledge. Um, I'm just having an idea about what we might do with this interview. Um, This is tentative, folks. 
because I haven't asked uh, Ginger or uh, Gavin what she uh -oh. thinks about it. <laughs> but I think that we'll get the transcript of this show and um, ask Catherine and we'll ask ourselves to um, annotate it in a way we can't, we couldn't off the top of our minds at times and uh, put it up. Just uh, think about whether that that would uh, be too overwhelming a job. We'll send you a transcript of it. And I'd like to make it available. Are you nodding or would you like to think about it? No, I'm nodding. I do that with my own my own other interviews and transcripts. So oh, no, that right. would be terrific. Great. And um, I think this is really very, very important. Um, I want to just come back briefly again and give a, a, the, some more background on the whole issue of how is it possible that people in the world would be doing anything like this? And Catherine's given given you a uh, kind of a theologic, spiritual insight into it from your avowedly Catholic, from a Catholic viewpoint. Ginger and I, I'm Jewish. Ginger's a Protestant. We we talk about it too, trying to search for what is the meaning of this on that level. Many people don't go there, and I'm very empirically based myself in my thinking, even though I profoundly feel that there is an evil in this world very similar to the Judeo-Christian concept of evil. So I'm not far at all from, from a Catholic viewpoint on this. And uh, what I want to add to it then is um, a historical viewpoint, which people can also grab onto in this marvelous discussion so that you don't just dismiss the insights of Catherine Watt and the others of us who are bringing to to show the the con complex basis of this. Up until about 10,000 years ago, we humans lived in a hunter-gatherer, largely hunting, it's turning out, um, manner with uh, large extended families. Um, we might have 10 people, we might have 30 people. Occasionally it was uh, thought that people could even go on just with the nuclear family and hunt, but the bigger groups survived better. And then between five and 10,000 years ago, that is over that period of time of five and 10,000 years ago, people began uh, to run out of meat. I think it's partly because we were killing off all the big predators. And people, uh, all the big, I'm sorry, all the big animals that we were predating. The prey. <laughs> the prey. And um, we began to settle into towns and villages. Like Jericho, famous in the Bible, is actually a real town and a very old town, one of the original towns. Very early on, there were indications that as soon as people started to live on farms, to farm, because that's how they were making their living and surviving and to keep uh, goats and other kinds of animals from early on and to have dogs to to help them and uh, um you know maybe doing guard duty of the of the houses and the, and they uh, and the, and their uh, their herding uh their animals um we no longer had weapons 
in the past, everybody made their own weapons. The men made their weapons and, uh, and their clothing. There's some indication that, that, uh, that the men made their own clothing. Women made their own clothing. They took care of the families. They did gathering. Um, we were no longer able to move about, to get out of the way of trouble, to keep a distance between ourselves and other humans. And um, marauders came about. And soon after the marauders, we had people taking over our towns and villages. And if you want to just use a document, it's all, it's documented in the Bible. One group would murder another group. Uh, when the Jews were in captivity, there were multiple empires around them. When the Jews finally got to Canaan, you just hear about all the multiple empires that are around them. So human beings from early on became the subject of bullies. They became the subjects of evil people who exploited them. This, folks, is the history of humanity. The idea that we wouldn't have bullies conspiring now to exploit us is foolhardy. It would be bizarre to think that all of a sudden, now that we have atomic weapons and biological weapons and instantaneous communication and AI to organize it and things like the World Health Organization and the UN and communist China, all seeking domination of the world in their own way. And indeed, we had an American empire going that was seeking domination to its own way around the world. And we're still kind of in that activity as well, you know, with military bases all over the world, with Americans in the past, at least, mostly sitting at the top banking positions internationally and so on. It's always been this way. It has never been different. When we gained our there's no Garden of Eden. Yeah, when we gained our independence, we fought the largest empire in the world at the time. Great Britain was spread all over the world and it was only one of probably a dozen and maybe not even barely recorded empires that were around the world. There were empires in India, empires in China, as well as four or five empires. At that point, there was a Russian empire, the Dutch were making an empire, the Spanish, the French, everybody was trying to make empires. French empire came to our aid, which is one of the reasons we were able to to go against Great Britain. So don't get this naive idea. What are you talking about? People conspiring to run the world. This has been going on since civilization began. Face this. Understand this. When I was a 10-year-old child, we were in the middle of World War II. And what was that about? That was about the united groups of the Western world fighting within itself a new empire, the German Empire. Hitler was going to make Berlin the center of the world. He was not simply trying to dominate Europe. You had the Japanese who were building an empire in South in Asia. And certainly by attacking Hawaii, they were indicating they were looking toward world war, world power. Then you had Marxism, which is a philosophy of world domination. It's, uh, you know, it's it's not, you know, workers of, of uh, Russia rise to the occasion. It's workers of the world unite. And then you've got Xi Jinping, who has two traditions of running the world. He's got 
First of all, the Chinese tradition, one of the earliest, most brutal totalitarian empires. Don't let people kid you into thinking totalitarianism is something new and it's caused by the people, by some mass psychosis. We had a totalitarian empires back in India and China, and that's one of Xi Jinping's dearly beloved uh, symbols. And then you have, uh, and I'm going to end with this, and then you, you have him being a communist. So listen, folks, they're ganging up on the U.S. right now. And the reason to gang up on the U.S., and Catherine Watt has made that so clear with her initial summary, is that we are the last partially standing constitutional republic. We still have a constitution, as she so beautifully reminded us. And they're out to destroy us. And to do that, they have to destroy our belief in our constitution. They're well on the way to doing it. And we have to fight back. But don't kid yourself. This is some conspiracy theory. The conspiracy is to make us stupid about this. I'm done. We have five minutes left for, for Catherine Watt, Ginger Pregnant. Catherine, why don't you go ahead and sum up what you envision we need to do going forward as citizens, as concerned citizens and resistors and reformers? Um, so I have looked into it the way the way I've looked into it because I've been looking for what what has gone wrong. How how did things go off the rails? Because you need to know that to figure out how to put things back on the rails. Right. And um, one, actually the first interview that I did was with Jane Ruby back in the summer of 2022. Also being sued by Robert Malone. Also, yes. Also yeah. dismissed by the judge. I'm glad you mentioned Jane because we get caught up in our own issues and we sometimes forget to mention Jane's and was in the same boat as us. Yeah. So one of the things I said at the, at the end of that, discussion was sort of the idea that the the constitutional power thanks to the the foresight of the drafters of the constitution has the separation of powers between the three federal branches and also the separation of powers between the federal branches and the states called federalism and then in a broader um, especially catholic context that's called subsidiarity it's the idea that the power to and the authority to to do things politically should be handled at the lowest possible level. The state, the, the highest level should not interfere with the lowest level because at the lowest level, you need to be responsible for the soul that you've been given and the body that you've been given and the family that you've been given and the community that you live in as much as possible. Um, so it's subsidiarity or federalism and we have it here. And I talked about in that conversation because of the way things have gone off the rails, there is an opportunity, and you can even think of it as a duty, for the states and the counties in the United States to pull the constitutional governing authority that they have delegated historically to the federal government back to the state level and back to the county level because the federal government is abusing it, because the federal government is using it to kill people and enslave people and steal people's stuff. Um, and so the, there's a couple processes for that. There's repeal of the enabling laws. Um, Congress could do that 
Um, and I, I put together a draft recently of the seven main things I think that Congress should repeal that would knock the pins out from under this whole system. In addition to Congress doing it, states can nullify the federal laws. And I've been doing work and there's a lot of a few groups. Um, we the People 50 is doing work around that. And then there's another group called it's Karen Bracken's group in Tennessee. I can't remember exactly what the name is, but they are trying to spread the word that states and state legislatures and state governors and the people in states can develop mechanisms to nullify these bad federal laws so that they're not applicable within the borders of the state that you live in. At the same time, all of the states have many versions of these federal kill box laws. Um, most of those were passed during a lobbying campaign um, using a model law called the Model State Emergency Health Powers Act. So the states, legislatures by themselves can just repeal their state level kill box laws. And that also will help pull some of the pins out from underneath. And then at the lowest level, I mean, apart from individuals, just don't take any more shots ever again, because all of them are corrupted. Help support other people who are trying to stand up against them and not take them um, at the county level. Um, county commissioners groups are getting organized. County sheriffs are getting organized and county Republican parties are getting organized to pass resolutions that do the same kinds of things. They either nullify these higher level laws and say they're not going to apply within this county or they repeal county level um, emergency management plans or they educate the county level law enforcement and healthcare workers. Like when these orders come down from the state and when they come down from the federal government, do not comply because you are the front line that is imposing these killing programs on the individuals. So stop complying. This is very, very important news. I'm um, an advisor to the U.S. Arm, ARM, and Ginger, what is it? The National is American it? Renaissance Movement. Yes. And they're involved in this, and you can get them at U.S. Arm. And we're Na looking... National. National Arm. That's yes. it. That's, thank you, National Arm. And um, you can get us at uh, Peter and Ginger Bregan's uh, Substack. Substack. Also at bregan.com, B-R-E-G-G-I-N.com. God bless us all. Thank you, Catherine Watt, for one of the most informative hours we've ever had.